welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, DP Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. The super contest is over, and we finished in the top 16% despite not cashing, but we're still here to give you our playoff picks as the NFL division round nears last week, DP and I went 3-1 and one against the spread, despite me losing my best bet. Thank you, Connor Cook. And both Mo and Brett went 1-3. and three. All donk sides, right, Mo? Man. <laughs> I got wrecked this weekend. Mo coming to us from the beautiful... Well, I guess you're not even at the... Atlantis Casino and Resort, but you are in the Bahamas. You're trying to get on some water slides, and we are we're slowing you down by doing the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the I don't know if the people even want my picks this week the way I've been running. <laughs> Getting my teeth kicked in right now. I was I looked back at last year's playoff standings, and while I can't off the top of my head remember Donnie and Brett's final numbers, you and I both went eight and three. Against the spread last year in the playoffs, Mo. Uh, but after last week, you got to run the table to match that number. So yeah, a sharp side or two probably came in last year, though. Yeah, Broncos, Broncos, back to back. Well, AFC Championship game, home dog was a big one, and then of course the Super Bowl when most people were on Panthers, and I think we were a consent. Nope, nope. Donnie was the lone wolf on Carolina. Sorry, DP. Happens. I'm used to it by now. <laughs> Uh, Brett, you've you've been quiet, licking your wounds as well after last week. Yeah, I guess the Giants are not going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I did not fire that future because that would be up in flames. Right however, now. Texans, uh oh, Texans that ninety to one ticket still drawn live. So much value. So, are they even ninety to one to win this week? I, don't, I mean, did they did their did their odds their odds had to get worse? Stop. After, like if you bet before last week, it was ninety to one. Now it has to be worse, right? Stop it. That's just it. A, just has to. Just that's not how math works. But that's, that's they, a, they, they they didn't look bad last week. They looked kind of good, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Don't even. How don't could, even. How could you think they looked bad last week? They won easily. They took care of business. They were playing against Connor Cook, but it's one of those things where, of squeaking by against Connor Cook would have been one thing, but dominating. Connor Cook and the Raiders is another thing. Uh, I feel they, they kept the Raiders in that game longer than they should have been in that game. The Texans are now eighty to one. <laughs> so big, 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 big jump. I mean, big that jump. Ha- I mean, that has to be a good bet. There's only eight teams left. It has to be a great. You think bet. one out of eighty times th- this team's winning? The the, yeah, I don't know about all that. Guys. One no out of shot. One out of eighty next- times this team wins three straight games. I think that's pretty good odds. The next lowest is Seattle at thirteen to one. Yeah, there's I, no way. There's just no like not probably, not given the re- the rest of the competition that they would have to face is what you know like what maybe rest, like what, randomly if the competition was worse one year fine but it's not. I mean, what rest of the competition? It's not like the Chiefs or the Steelers are world beaters. If if the they, Chiefs and the Steelers are going to destroy them if they were to play them. Let's just put it this way. If by some miracle the Texans win this week, what are their Super Bowl odds next week? Twenty to one? Sixty-five to one. Oh my god. No okay. way. Listen, there hasn't been one point dog that won in pro football season. So in order for the Texans to hit this eighty to one. That would have to parlay two of them back to back. So no, that's not going to happen. All right, let's get into let's get into it since we're we're in the nitty gritty of the night game on Saturday. But let's start with the early game on Saturday. The Seahawks travel to Atlanta to play the Falcons, where they are five point underdogs according to Pinnacle. The total in the game is fifty one and a half. Fifty six percent of the public is on the home side, and we've got a lone wolf in this game. It is Mo. Moe's the only one on the Hawks. The Hawks covered easily last week against Detroit. Mo and Brett were on the wrong side there, but Mo is now with the 12s as they travel across the country to play against a team that they squeaked out a winner against at home earlier in the season. 
a very questionable Julio Jones non-call notwithstanding. So, Mo, I will give you the floor first since you are the lone wolf. Tell us why you like the Hawks getting the points in this game. This game, this game was weird for me. Um, so I want to, I wanted to initially like the Falcons. Like I actually think the Falcons are at least minus five favorites at home. Like ignoring any matchups or just anything, and just just in a vacuum, like they're that many points better than the Hawks. But I just think this is one of those game flow spots, like the Redskins and Cowboys game earlier this year where I don't know how either team is really going to get stops. So if the Falcons can't stop the Seahawks, I don't know how they're going to get far enough ahead to cover a number like this. Like back doors are going to be in play here. Um, Yeah. I just, I don't know this, this could come down to uh, like, basically who's settling for field goals in the red zone. I mean, I just see both teams scoring almost every time they have the ball here. I mean, the total definitely reflects that. So I don't know. I I don't, I don't, I don't love it, but I just, I I think I had to go with just based on game flow. I don't see the Falcons getting far enough ahead here to where they can uh, feel comfortable laying where I could, I would feel comfortable laying points like this. Yeah. It's, it's a very fair point that, Seattle, their offense has been their biggest worry this season, and they come out and, you know, they do a good job against Detroit last week, but Detroit was, while Atlanta is bad, 27th on def- in defense DVOA, Detroit was the worst defense <laughs> in the league. Russell Wilson and company were playing in the comfortable confines of CenturyLink at home. And they still only got to 26, despite Detroit not being able to do anything on offense throughout the entire game. Matt Matthew Stafford's injured hand probably playing a big role in that, in addition to the Seahawks' defense. But if this is a shootout, I don't see how the Hawks find a way to cover. If there's a lot of scoring in this game, I feel like at some point the Falcons are just going to pull away. Uh, I think the Seahawks, in order to cover they're going to need to win. And in order to do that, I think they need to keep this slow pace, low scoring, and against uh, the most efficient offense in the league, I don't really see that happening. Um, Donnie, you've been... Well, I've been wrong about the Hawks (laughs) or the Falcons every game this year. (laughs) Donnie, you have been the Falcons guy all year. You kind of waned last week when we talked about our futures. Uh... What do you got here? Give us talk I got about the Falcons. Hawks. I know I'm the Falcons guy, but um, tell me why. Well, like you said, I think if the Seahawks are going to uh, cover here, they're going to have to win the game. I just don't think that that's happening. Without Earl Thomas, I just can't take Seattle here. The, the defense looks totally different. Uh, you know, especially even when you look back to when the Falcons went into Seattle and they only lost by two points, and there was there was a little bit of a controversial call at the end of the game. Uh, against Julio Jones, which could have kept that drive going and maybe got them into field goal range to, to go down and win. They only lost by two, and they were uh, six-point dogs, I believe, in that spot. Um, I'm, I am the least confident in this game, though. Uh, much like Mo said, I think that this one could get out of hand and just be blow for blow. Um, but in even in that case, I lean to what you said, Rich, and I say, you know, if, if this gets into a shootout, I'd like the Falcons to pull away much more so than I like uh, the Seahawks to be able to, to stay with them. I, I almost see the Falcons scoring like literally every time they get the ball, every drive. And I can see the Seahawks squandering uh, one or two possessions. And in, in this sort of spot, that's that's really all it's going to take. The only the one thing, though, that gives me the biggest pause is Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. I mean, this guy in the playoffs is a joke. The guy is he's likely going to be the MVP and he could be in terms of like giving someone a chance to to crap themselves this week, he's number one on my list. Uh, he's got a horrible one and four record in the postseason, and that would just be it. Would be so Matty Ice if he wins the MVP, which he's likely going to do, and then be out the first game he plays in the playoffs. That would just be absolutely peak Matt Ryan. But Q- I, I got to take them here, laying the five. But out of the four games, they're the, the my my lowest confidence qb wins in this thread hashtag you Q- got it hashtag you know Q- donnie loves the qb <laughs> yeah but no but okay but let me let me say that 
I think you guys would agree that Matt Ryan tends to be the reason they lose those fucking games. That guy plays like shit a lot of times in the playoffs in big spots. I mean, throwing I also, a lot of picks, throwing a lot of bad balls, that sort of thing. I also can't point to a Falcons team where I thought their defense had a pulse in the last decade. Maybe John Abraham ages. Maybe. No, he's that he's going one. But for the most part, their defense has never had a pulse. Brett, you uh you on record, you went from hating Doug Baldwin to loving Doug Baldwin. You kind of swooned with the Seahawks offense. And what's not to love with Hustle Bustle and Russell Wilson, but you too on the Falcons. Anything to add? Yeah, I love the Hawks when they're at home. That's the key for me this week is the Falcons getting that home field advantage. The Hawks offense has been horrendous on the road this season. They scored 10 points in Green Bay, five in Tampa. It's not like the Falcons are good on defense, but I think they're going to be able to make enough stops here uh, against this terrible offensive line to win the game. I don't think the Seahawks are, are going to be able to, to stop the Falcons offensively. Uh, they're a much different defense without Earl Thomas. and The Falcons have so many weapons to exploit them on a fast track in a dome. So, yeah, I think the Falcons win here by a touchdown or more. Yeah, Vic Beasley against uh, that Hawks O-line. That- I heard I heard one one uh one thing about the last time that they played that I want to bring up is that Richard Sherman covered Julio Jones all game, um, which he normally doesn't do against number one receivers because he normally stays just on one side of the field. But he only covered him when Julio Jones was on the outside. And all of Julio Jones' big plays against Seattle in Seattle uh, were when they moved him into the slot. So if Dan Quinn doesn't recognize that again and move Julio Jones in the slot at all times, then... Kyle Shanahan, and he will. Well, yes, they need to do that. But also, Richard Sherman should go with them because, you know, when you pay a guy that much money, you got to man up and go. No, you, you don't put Richard Sherman on a slot receiver. That's it, it's, it's on Julio friggin' Jones. Yes, you do. Without Earl Thomas, you put your best defensive player on the best offensive player. That's no, what you do. No, I'm sorry. That makes no sense. Richard, Richard, is what you do. Richard Sherman can't guard Julio Jones one-on-one. In fact, no human can. <laughs> he he did. That's all he did in Seattle. What? What do you mean? When he was on the outside, yeah, just when not when he was in the slot. Why can't he cover him in the slot? Come on, get with it. Let's go. Because running routes out of the slot is so much easier, and you always get free releases because you're not always standing on the line of scrimmage. Bill does this. Your boy does this. It's not like Butler travels to people in the slot. If there's somebody Actually, tough Butler in the Butler never normally covers the number one receiver. Well, that's right. They put him on the two, and they bracket the one. And yeah, but nobody ever does that either. The Jets used to. Revis, yeah, the the Jets would have a clue. Rex Ryan would have a clue. <laughs> yeah, you can't just put Sherman in the in the slot or else he'll just get destroyed, like most cornerbacks. Sherman has learned to play his position using the sideline as a second defender. And once you put him in the slot, he's going to get lost a little bit. So just a quick recap. Seahawks at Falcons. The line is five. And Mo is the only one on the Hawks. Anybody... What's the lean here? I, I have a pretty strong lean on the Falcons here. I think if we run the simulation a thousand times, I think the Falcons blow out the Seahawks a, a fair amount. Mo, did you have a strong lean there on the Hawks? Or are you going to have real no. American dollars on the Hawks? Uh, Probably not. All right, let's move to the night game. The Texans at the Patriots. The line is 15 making it the largest point spread in the playoffs since 1998, where the Arizona Cardinals were 16.5-point underdogs at Minnesota, that legendary Minnesota team that choked the uh, the NFC Championship game away against Atlanta. Uh, Minnesota covered that line, winning 41-21. A uh, bit of historical knowledge there. Total in the game is 44.5%. of donks are on New England, including our number one donk, Donnie Peters. And Mo! Mo is laying the 15 with New Come England. to the dark side, Mo. I like it. But we got to go to the homer first. Uh, Donnie, wax, po- wax poetic about uh, your loser Patriots. Listen, I can't honestly take the Texans in this spot. That team is a, is a, you know, a joke, an absolute joke. I can't take the tech. You'd have to give me 21 and a half points 
probably more like 23 or 24 points for me to actually bet real dollars on the Texans. I will be betting real dollars on the Patriots. They're going to absolutely kill this team. It's 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 lining up just to be a great day for a New England sports fan. The Texans offense is is bad. I mean, they're really bad. They're not going to be able to move the ball. As if you watch the game last week when the Texans played the Raiders, Brock Brock Osweiler looked pretty good, right? I mean, I think we can all agree that he didn't look horrible. It was probably one of his better games he's played as a starting NFL quarterback. He was 14 for 25 for 168 yards. I mean, that's not good at all. And some of the play calling in that game was was pretty bad. A lot of, a lot of screen passes, a lot of runs on, on third down, stuff like that, second and longs. That stuff is not going to beat the Patriots. I mean, the, they, the, the Texans did the same crap when they came into New England before. They got beat 27-0 by a third-string rookie quarterback. I mean, it's just... It's not going to end well for them. I'm sorry. And then the whole fact about what, what is up with Bill O'Brien giving his team an extra day off during the week? I mean, come, man, you got the biggest game of the year for your team. You need to buckle down and get prepared, not be screwing around and giving people extra days off. But what, what am I? I'm not an NFL coach. What do I know? Mo. Patriots by 27. Mo. So heavy lean from uh, Homer DP there, right? Shocker, right? <laughs> Mo, what in the world? Explain to me how you can look at yourself in the mirror. I know you're not going to really bet it, but how can you, even gun to your head, take the Patriots in the spot? What do you mean? It's the Texans. This Texans team is so bad. I mean... So bad? Yes. 52 of their players are good football players. They've got a good team. They just, they're terrible at quarterbacks. Sorry, continue. Is that why they finished... 30th in DVOA or whatever, that's embarrassing. Um, This offense is just, like, so horrifying. I mean, facing a mediocre Raiders defense, and they got, what, the carry out of Lamar Miller? They got the same amount of points as the Seahawks, who you are thinking can win in a track meet against Atlanta. It's because the Raiders kept turning it over. New England ain't going to give it away. I mean, they better hope Clowney gets four sacks because that's their only chance here. Four? No shot. They need, he needs 12. This is this And four offense. of them need to result in strip sacks. I mean, and it's Belichick. It's Belichick against Bill O'Brien, you guys. If this isn't a Patriots walkover, then I'll be blown away. Yeah, is 14 points not a walkover? It is. It for sure is, but we cover for I don't know, man. We're talking about pro football coaches, bro. You know what the Texans would have to do to have a a prayer in hell in this game. You and I both know what they would have to do. They have to throw caution into the wind and actually do optimal shit. And they will never do that because their coach is a pro football coach. He's going to kick field goals. He's going to punt on fourth down at midfield. And so once he starts doing that, it's going to go the way of Miami and Pittsburgh last weekend. Miami actually would have had a chance to cover if their coach had a brain. But he doesn't because he's a football coach not named Belichick. So, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I, I, I just think this is like – this is definitely – Looks like it's going to get ugly to me, and I'm not willing to take the 15 with my American dollars. Brett, you're the Houston guy, so I'm going to let you go first. Go get him. Get him. Let's go. Texans money line. <laughs> no. Yes, I have, yes, I have, no, I have, like, I like, I have like no interest in this I like game. the 940. I like, I'll, I'll take <laughs> I the 950. Actually, it's kind of tempting, uh, but no, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't touch this game. If I had to take a side, I'm taking the points here. Houston looked pretty good last week. I mean, yeah, it was against Connor Cook, but man, this defense is legit. Clowny, merciless up front. The secondary is fantastic. I think they have the personnel on defense to pressure on Brady without blitzing everybody and maybe force some three and outs. The question, of course, is can they do enough offensively to keep this within two scores? The huge concern is Osweiler in negative game script because he could certainly throw some picks in the second half and the pass could just run away with this thing with LeGarrette Blount like three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, I could see that happening, but uh, I like the number here, 15. It's three scores. Uh, I'm going to put trust in the Texans defense to, to keep it close in the first half. 
I thought the Texans had the personnel to hang with them last year, and they had uh, some guy named JJ playing, and then they lost by forty. Yeah, well, JJ, their, sec- their secondary is miles better this That's year. Yeah, right. their their corners are playing much better this year, but they also don't have uh, something called a Watt. All right, something clowny is like ninety percent of Watt. All right, and. To that point of the cornerbacks, I keep getting this stupid Tom Brady PFF stat shoved down my throat, which isn't defense adjusted and just grades him. Of course, you're going to get a good grade for completing 90% of five yard. Best crosses. grade in 11 years. Yeah. Okay. It's hard. 11 to- years since since the statistics came out. That's great. The best grade ever. That's great. They also played the 32nd uh, ranked schedule in the league. According to Football Outsiders, their opponents performed on average 8% worse than the mean which is basically like playing the Chicago Bears for 16 games. Congratulations. Great schedule. Way to win 14 games. Such a hard task. This defense has a pulse. They got the second-best cornerback in the league. They got perhaps the best defensive end in the league, who also has Whitney Merciless on the other side. Uh, Demps has been playing amazing at safety. McKinney is growing into his own second-year player in the linebacker core. You guys talk about a bad Houston offense, but this Houston defense is super legit and can keep this game close. The Pats have no verticality to their passing game whatsoever. Malcolm Mitchell might miss this game. I don't know what his his injury aspects are. I don't believe in Michael Floyd. People keep talking him up like he's going to have this big role. Great. He threw a big block against the shitty Dolphins, and now everybody thinks he's all in and he's a good football player. He's not. I like the Texans here. I have real American dollars on the 16, and I don't hate the plus 950 because this Patriots team is an absolute fraud. You know what this is? This is this is Brett and Rich taking a shitty football team and trying to talk themselves into the fact that they're a decent football team because that's what you guys do on a regular basis. Fifth in defense, DVOA. Fifth in the Bills. Fifth and Mo pa- and I are over here recognizing good football teams in the Chiefs and the Patriots, and we understand when a good football team is absolutely going to wax the floor with a horrible football team. Probably the the worst football team to ever make the playoffs it, it, that that I can remember. The no. Dolphins are better than the Texans. The Stop Dolphins it. would have beat the Texans on a neutral field. Stop it. The Dolphins weren't the worst team in this playoffs. The Texans are the worst team in this playoffs by far. Fifth and def- fifth and pass defense DVOA, seventh and overall defense DVOA. This is not a bad team and they actually played a real schedule. They played the AFC West, the NFC North, and everybody wanted to give credit to the Titans this year who they played twice, schedule games against the Patriots and the Bengals. So they actually played a real NFL schedule, and they won the division and got into the playoffs. This team is miles better than the Dolphins. Okay, fine. Pizzas, let's go. Yeah. We haven't done pizzas in a while. I'm, I'm ready. Give me, give me nine and a half pizzas to one on the money line. I'll take it. I'll give you nine and a half pizzas to one, yes. That's oh, three I love, pizza. love that. Three pizza. <laughs> Nine and a half pizzas to one. What are? Who are you? <laughs> so that's nine larges and a personal pan to one. It's a lot of calories, bro. A lot of calories, bro. <laughs> New Year, <laughs> New Year's resolutions going down the drain. I mean, how are the Texans not the right side here uh, against the spread? The only thing that that I would say causes the Patriots to not fumble is that Bill Belichick, and he has done this over the years, is that. When he likes the coach on the other sidelines, he has a tendency to to pull his team back a little bit and not run up the score. And he likes Bill O'Brien. Okay, so he might not destroy him in the fourth quarter when he he could and win by 40. He might slow it down a little bit. But I think they're going to be up by much more than, than 15 going into the fourth quarter, so it doesn't really matter. Patriots also, historically, one and two against the spread as double-digit favorites at home during the Brady era in the playoffs. The best team I have ever seen, the 2007 New England Patriots, 0-2 against the spread at home, uh, minus 13.5 and minus 14. This is not the 2007 Patriots. This is a very average Patriots team that played a very easy schedule, and I don't care about the opponents. 16, 15 points is an absurd line. It's out of This line should be 9.5 or 10. This is... A, ridiculous this line nine and a half what universe what universe you live out of your mind nine and a half or ten i'd have to think about it but this game this line can never be shorter than 13 and a half yeah i capped it at 14 I, i think you're crazy rich i don't know man who of the what performance this year 
have you looked at the Patriots and said, yeah, that's a really good team? You're not factoring in how bad Houston's offense is. Yeah, on one side Osweiler of the ball. is the woat. I, I fully understand that. But it's not like the Patriots' defense are world beaters either. So They've been playing a lot better lately. DP, I'll let you weigh in on that. They've, they've, What's that? They've been playing Sorry. a lot better lately against the Dolphins with Matt Moore and the Jets. Congratulations. Yeah, like, okay, I get it. Their schedule sucked. I will tell you that their schedule sucked as well, but what the Patriots can't control their schedule. I Patriots know. Don't, don't, don't sign up teams to play against like they do in college football. I understand That's not that. how it works. You play who you play, and the Patriots kill everyone every week. So what are they supposed to do besides just kill everyone every week? You're not wrong. What are they supposed to do? The Broncos scored zero or whatever. The Texans scored zero against a third-string rookie quarterback. He was playing defense? What does Jacoby Brissett have to do with the Texans scoring? I'm just saying, you go into that game, like, that's your chance to, like, make a statement as the Texans. Like, you're supposed to be the team that, like, takes that next step. You're supposed to be able to go yeah. into New England. You you can't have it easier playing yeah. against New England than you do that week. Short week. Third-string sh- rookie quarterback. Short week, Thursday game. J.J. Watt is playing with a broken back. Short week, Thursday game. Fine. Short week, Thursday game. Patriots put up 27 and didn't let the other team score. What do you? Th- they're going to crush this team this week. It's not going to be a contest. The spread isn't going to be a contest. Uh, the only way the spread is the contest is if Bill Belichick decides to sit every pass catcher on the team and just hand the ball off to LeGarrette Blunt 50 fucking times. I can't wait till the Texans actually do win and I just play that on loop. That last last little bit. If the Texans actually win the game, then there was a a really big tragedy in New England. Like like the the team bus like crashed and burned on the way to the stadium because that's the only way they're winning this game. Or just, you know, Average Brady does average things. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so to recap, we're split right down the middle on the Saturday night game. Uh, Patriots minus 15. That's DP and Mo. Brett and I are taking the 15 points. I'm glad we got heated there on Saturday because Sunday is pretty boring for us, guys. We start with the early game, which I think will be the most fun game of the weekend. Steelers at Chiefs. Uh, the Steelers open in some places as favorites somehow, some way, but the Chiefs have uh, settled as minus one and a half point favorites at Arrowhead. The total is 43.5, and 54% of the public is on the Steelers, but this is a consensus pick for the collective. We are all on the Chiefs, and I will leave it to our resident Chefs fan, Monawara, the resident Moose himself, to lead us off. What do you got here? Are you nervous? What on a scale of one to ten, nervousness? Where are we at, Mo? My God, <clears throat> sounds like you're really. Ten nervous. is the most nervous. We're like a four, a three. Wow. This is public dog territory. Uh, some books open the Steelers as favorite, which was a complete joke. Uh, anyone who hopped on that, congratulations. Man, this is just one of those spots. Everyone is just gonna. Every idiot is just gonna remember that time they watched the, the Chiefs by the Steelers earlier this year. That was like three years ago. He cares about that game. The Chiefs were in a horrible schedule spot. They had a bye coming up. They just totally mailed that one in. Mailed a couple of those early games in. That Lexington comes to mind. And Arrowhead is going to be absolutely rocking for this one. Trying to play through an injury has been a disaster in the past. He tried to do this against Miami. We saw what happened there. Minus 7.5 on the road. They lose the game outright by two touchdowns. Um, I also, you know, we also have Andy Reid coming off a bye in this game. Legendary coming off a bye. Uh, you know, the guy couldn't manage the timeout and if uh, he had a couple cheeseburgers on the line. But when it comes to game planning, there's not too many better. So, um, man, I love the Chiefs in this spot. I think the line should be minus three and a half at least. I can't justify anything lower than here. So 
I think you you got to play the Chiefs. This is my favorite play of the weekend. Wow, strong. And I'm glad to hear the Bahamas internet is still as amazing as it always was. Best bet of the week. Usually you get somebody who cheers for a team and they're, well, maybe it's just because I'm just a battered Jets fan. When they feel like their team is the right side, they kind of reel it in a little bit. But Mo, Mo all in on the chefs. Ben Roethlisberger injury is super interesting because we see him go down all the time and you never know. I don't know. I mean, he's got to be legitimately hurt, but walking boot after the game seems, I mean, seems a bit extreme either. Like, why are you wearing a walking boot? It's not that bad. Or why the hell are you guys going to play him after he's in a walking boot? I understand it helps with swelling, but still, it seems very extreme either way. Uh, Brett, what you got on this chef's side? Yeah, this is also my favorite bet of the week. I hope I hope wow. some of our audience hopped on that opening line. Chiefs plus two and a half. That's one of the best lines I've seen all year. And I capped this at Chiefs minus three. So I'm still happy to get the Chiefs uh, where they are right now, which is minus one and a half in most books. Uh, look, the trends certainly don't favor the Chiefs here. Historically, they are terrible against the spread in the playoffs. I think I saw they were one in nine ATS in their last 10 games. Uh, but the Steve's, uh, I'm sorry, the Steelers perceived as being one of the all-time great playoff franchises. I think that's built into the line here. I always love the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and I tend to fade the Steelers on the road. So this is a great spot. I think there's line value for the Chiefs. And you got Kansas City healthy coming off a week of rest. The Steelers, I don't know. Like most said, is, is Ben's ankle healthy? You know he's going to give it a full go, either I mean, whether he's hurt or not. Uh, he could aggr- re-aggravate it in the first quarter this week and still play on a, on a hurt ankle all game. So that certainly worries me if I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, but if I'm betting Chiefs, it makes me even more confident that the Chiefs are going to be able to get to him in the pocket, win this game on the de- on the defensive side. And uh, I, I just I love the weapons they have on offense now with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. They're really playing well offensively. So yeah, I think Casey wins here. I think it's going to be a pretty easy one too. I love the I love the Chiefs. And it's amazing how Tyree Kill has done a good job of masking some of their inefficiencies in the running game. Uh, and allowed Alex Smith to drop back and th- throw the pill around the yard a little bit, which is something we've been yearning for Alex Smith to do throughout his whole career in Kansas City. DP, you're up next, obviously on Kansas City like everybody else. How much do you want to see the Chiefs next week in Gillette more than the Steelers? I know you want nothing to do with playing the Steelers. Um, no, I, I, I view the competition the same. Uh, I mean, they're different, but they're they give me a similar sort of pause uh, going into to New England. But either way, I'm not, not too worried. Patriots are going to walk to the Super Bowl. So don't worry about that, okay? Uh, talking to, to Moe's uh, stats about Andy Reid after a bye, he's 16-2 and after a bye, 3-0 and after a bye in the playoffs. Um, so that's, uh, that's quite legendary, as, as Moe stated. The Steelers are just – they're beyond pumped up after last week. I mean, but let's be real. Last week – that while they played well, okay, the two big plays from Antonio Brown broke it open. I don't think Big Ben looked overly great. I mean, he was only 13 for 18 for 197 yards and two TDs, but he also threw two interceptions, which everyone thinks seems to forget about. Um, big Ben, oh, you know, he's injured, first of all, like you guys have said. Uh, second of all, away from home, his TD to interception ratio in the playoffs is 14 to 9. So, you know, he's not exactly a world beater out there. He does he does throw picks. He will turn the ball over. You know, large part of that is is him running around extending plays and then making some bad decisions, uh, you know, later on in a play. Um, that said, Arrowhead's going to be absolutely rocking like most stated. The Chiefs defense is, is really good. Um, I just I, I like this Chiefs team t- to roll. The one this is this is my most confident bet of the week. Uh the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause is, and, and but maybe this is just Andy Reid being legendary Andy Reid and how he handles bye weeks, but he gave his whole team the whole week off, that whole bye week off, as opposed to having, you know, maybe two or three practices, maybe a couple walkthroughs, stuff like that. So that seems a little bit, you know, weird to me, a little bit different, but Andy Reid's 16-2 after a bye, 3-0 after a bye in the playoffs, so you can't really argue against his tactics. I mean, it seems like a normal bye week to me. Well, for example, Bill Belichick had his team practice three times in pads. So, 
I mean, that sounds not sharp, though. That sounds like the one yeah, but, but not it's sharp also, thing. It's also, it's like, how are you going to argue against Bill Belichick? And then how are you going to argue against Andy Reid, who has this amazing record after a bye? Both are doing two different things, though, but both seem to be successful in it. So, you know, I guess, I don't know. It's just different ways to go about things. Who knows? I guess one thing about the Pats, too, is that they cycle in so many guys at so many positions, right? Especially young guys, that they kind of need to always be actively practicing like Michael Floyd, for example, they always have guys like that where they either draft either drafted them late or they're undrafted free agent and they didn't really play the first couple weeks of the season, but now they're getting more integrated on whatever side of the ball they're playing, so they need to be actively game planning. It's like that kind of makes sense to me. Um, as opposed to the Chiefs, which, you know, there's a generally more veteran squad outside of your Tyree Kills. Those guys have been in Kansas City for at least a couple of years now. Going back to that 43 to 14 routing of the the Steelers in the Chief, against the Chiefs in prime time, weird spot as Mo said in the schedule. It was also just a terrible Alex Smith game from a decision-making standpoint. He threw a horrendous interception. He had a really bad uh fumble in the game, and that's just something that you can point to Alex Smith's uh, inability or you know non-willingness to throw the ball downfield. He has his deficiencies, but turning the ball over has certainly not been one of them over the course of his career. So picking out one game where he's not protecting the ball and putting that on display and saying that that could be a harbinger of things to come, I think would be a mistake because it's generally something that he never does. Uh, at the QB position. Another interesting wrinkle in this game, uh, if you head over to Football Outsiders, is the special teams rankings for uh, both of these teams. Pittsburgh. Chiefs, GOAT. Pittsburgh, very average. uh, 16th in the league in overall special teams. The Chiefs are number two. And it's not just Tyree Kill taking back punts for touchdowns, although they do lead the league in punt return yards. Cairo Santos uh, is very good in the kicking game, especially because he's playing a lot of his games, half his games outdoors in a tough stadium like Arrowhead. So in these games where we're looking for small edges, uh, special teams play can come into it. And uh, the Chiefs certainly, again, Tyree Kill's explosiveness is one thing, but also the steadiness in the kicking game with Cairo Santos. And I can't believe I'm saying a punter's name, but uh, Mr. Colquitt as well. Dustin Colquitt, dude. He'll pin you on the five. <laughs> uh, Colquitt. Wow, you went from kicker to punter. You were just we're looking, special. He's, l- looking he's for smaller. He's a good kicker and punter. But, uh, you know, th- that other game, th- this Chiefs offense is totally different That's than right. it was back then. Tyreek Hill has given them a completely different dimension. And they actually realized that a good player on the team that they should pass to. And that's resulted in uh, yards. It's been amazing. Amazing concept there. So we are all on the Chiefs. Moving to the night game, another consensus pick. Green Bay travels to Dallas to play the Cowboys, who are four and a half point favorites in Jerry's world. The total is 52 and 65% of the public are on the dog. Nothing worse than a public dog. Consensus Cowboys. I'm going to start with DP for one reason. Last week, we were discussing Giants Packers, which I was the only one to get right, even though I kind of think the Giants should have not only covered but won, but that's... Oh my god, yes. That's for another day. Uh, DP, you said of that game, the winner of the NFC will come out of that game. Well, the Packers won, and now you're taking the Cowboys. What's going on here? I I didn't like the way the Packers looked in the first half. I mean, I just... I think they're going to need to put together a full four quarters uh, every week, especially... Um, if you're going to be tasked with going on the road to places like Dallas against a really good team. Um, I, I mean, I, I like this Dallas team. I, I feel like, you know, I talked about the Steelers being being pumped up. You know, I think this Packers team is is extremely pumped up, especially after, after last week. I mean, the Giants dominated that whole first half. They should have gone into the half, like up 17-7 or something, or whatever the heck the score was. But 
they end up going in down 14 to six. It was, I mean, and then they just like their defense just gave up after that. I don't know what happened. They went into the locker room and never came back out. That was just, I mean, it's insane. I mean, I think that the the Packers should be much more rightfully uh, pumped up uh, because they have Aaron Rodgers playing at, at an all world level right now. But I, I, I mean, this Dallas team, it's like, it's also like, you know, you talked about 65% of the public being on the Packers this week. It's like the Packers are the number one seed playing a no name team. Like, I, is anyone even talking about the Cowboys this week? Or like, what? I don't understand what's happening. They're 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 really good uh, on both sides of the ball. I mean, their offensive line is just going to truck the Packers. I feel like, like I don't ever see the Packers getting off the field on defense. Just they're just gonna run all over this team. I don't care. Like it's just, and I just, I don't know. I, I feel like a couple stops and you know for for the Dallas defense is gonna be fine. And uh, they'll be able to to win pretty easily. I mean, I yes, I did say I think that the the you know the winner of the NFC would come out of that game, but I wasn't too impressed. Like you know, after the first half, I was like, okay, I don't I don't think that prediction is going to work anymore because I don't think either of these teams is going to be able to to make a run looking looking like how they're playing now. If the Packers are the Packers that they were in the second half of last week and only the second half, fine. But I can't go against their inconsistency either. All the Cowboys have done this season is win every single game that they tried in, except for two against the team in the league that was built to beat them, right? 13-3, and three, two losses against the Giants, who did everything they could in the offseason to build a team to beat the Cowboys, which they did, and then their backups lost against the Eagles. This team went into Lambeau and won by two touchdowns. The, the only thing holding the Cowboys back, and I understand the narrative this week, even though it might, it might not be what people are saying because people are focusing on the Packers, but in the back of their minds is the whole, this team is so young, how are they going to handle the spotlight kind of garbage, which sounds to me like when the Warriors made their championship run, oh, this team hasn't done it before, I'm not going to believe it until they do it, which is just silly. Like the, All this team does is roll people, and given the Packers' terrible defense and their need for Aaron Rodgers to be GOAT, which he was, and which he can be. Like, if Aaron Rodgers goes out there and goats again and the Packers find a way to win outright, I'm not going to be shocked. But the Cowboys are so good on offense, and their pace is so slow that they can keep Rodgers off the field. I just love the boys in this spot. Brett, you've been the boys guy all season. Much credit to you. Even in the summer, you were talking about Zeke. Give us your Dallas take. Yeah, Zeke just he might run for 200 in this game. Green Bay's defense is not good. Elliott ripped off 157 against the Packers back in October. That was when all the talk was about Green Bay's number one run defense, and the Cowboys just steamrolled them. Uh, they're going to do it again this week. I cannot believe 65% of the public are piling Green Bay on the road here. Dallas, this offense is so good. Uh, I think Prescott's going to do just enough uh, offensively to uh, just not do anything stupid. Just do what they do. Get Des Bryant involved as well. Uh, I think the Cowboys win this game easily. Mo, any fear? What, what is your fear level in the GOAT? Of course. <laughs> the massive fear. I felt it last week. Even though I love the Giants, you still got the fear. I mean, he's the best. But, man, I don't know. This This is just – without Jordy? That's – yeah. Yeah, no Jordy, Jordy as hasn't well. Practiced, <laughs> Sorry. And his initial like fall off, Rogers' bizarre two year fall off. I don't know. Maybe he called his mom. Sucks without Jordy. I don't know what's going on. But I mean he did look good in limited sample last week after Jordy got hurt. But I feel like Jordy is their one guy who you really fear stretching the field. And that's just so important in the NFL. If you're up against a good defense and they know they don't have to worry about anything outside 20 yards, I mean, they can just crunch their safeties down and just make things so much tougher. Rodgers is the type of quarterback who can still beat you because he's that good. But, man, the Dallas defense, it's not really that bad, and they're going to make it Rodgers. And, you know, you, there's so many things you could see going wrong there, like, you still really don't trust Devonte Adams not to drop some passes. Their tight end is still, you know, Jared Cook, Bill Cobb. I mean, is he even 100% healthy? 
Yeah, I, I just, uh, man, it's tough to bet, but we got a public dog here. I mean, the one thing I do see that's weird that kind of favors Chip, or uh, Green Bay in this matchup is that it's indoors. I, I almost think Dallas would have heard about here because if this was like outdoors, I would be 100% like dabbering, assuming, you know, normal line movements for uh, home to road. But uh, I think being indoors helps helps Green Bay more than it helps Dallas, but uh, I still do lean towards Dallas here. Yeah, I can see that with the the brutal running game. You know, the Cowboys are really built to play January football, but they're not going to play a single quote-unquote January football game because the entire Super Bowl road is indoors. And then, of course, Super Bowl 51 itself is indoors in Houston. So their greatest strength, they almost don't even get to take full advantage of it because they are playing in a temperature-controlled, environment-controlled environment. my favorite bet of the week is Cowboys minus the four and a half parlayed with the under of 52. I was just going to say fire the under here. Love the under. And and on the other side, if you do like Packers, parlay it with the over. I, I don't think the Packers win this game unless the total hits over. I just don't see that happening. So if you like the Cowboys, parlay it with the under 52. If you like the Packers, parlay it with the over 52. Personally. Any so we've got best bets for everybody, I guess. You three are all on the Chiefs minus the one and a half for your best bet. I like Cowboys parlayed with the the under on fifty two, and I've got nine nine large pizzas and a personal pan coming my way when uh, Jadavian Clowney gets twelve sacks at Gillette Stadium and four strip sacks. Yeah, that's right. He needs twelve sacks and four strip sacks. Okay, okay. Even if they have four strip sacks, do you realize that those strip sacks, probably three of the four need to be returned for touchdowns because <laughs> once the Texans offense gets the ball, they're not going to do anything with it. Okay. <laughs> so they need to strip the ball, recover it and return it for a touchdown. That's the only way this is happening. How many points do you think the Patriots are going to score on Saturday, Donnie? Do I the 38? What's <sighs> 38. I've got 31. 31 to 10. Hold up. I want to see the largest amount of points scored this season on Houston. Cause, Might be 27. Cause, <laughs> no, it's probably, it's probably 31. It was 31. Was it the Chiefs? No, it was uh, Goat Bradford. Oh God! But I think it was what? I think it, it had. There had to have been defensive touchdowns. <laughs> pulling it I, mean, I think there were two actually. Oh, not only was there the was that the hundred yard interception game? That was Xavier Rhodes. Oh man, he oh. had one. This is just amazing radio. Where's the? Uh, they usually have. We just... haven't had an amazing radio segment like this in a long time. Okay, here we go. Scoring plays. Uh, Ta, 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 ta. Yeah, nine eighty-yard punt return, and that was it. Everything else is an offensive score, huh? So twenty-four minus the eighty-yard punt return. What I'm saying is, I don't think the Patriots are good enough to score. Well, I, I mean, it's Goat Belichick, but I don't, I don't think they're going to score thirty often enough to cover that. Fifteen or sixteen. Let's go Texans. Okay, I don't think that the Texans are scoring more than 10 points ever. Ever? 10 points, professional football team. Yes, it'll happen, but come on, man. They're so bad on offense. They are. So bad. All right, so just to recap, Seahawks at the Falcons. The Falcons are five-point favorites, and Moe is a lone wolf on Seattle. Texans at Patriots. The Patriots are laying 15, and we're split right down the middle. Brett and I are on the right side. We got Houston, while Moe and DP are laying the wood. And then we got two consensus picks on Sunday. The Steelers are at the Chiefs. Kansas City is laying one and a half points, and we are laying the wood, taking the favorite, the short home favorite. And Green Bay is at Dallas. The Cowboys are minus four and a half point favorites, and we are all on Dallas. We did not do the raffle again this week, as you've noticed. We're going to do it uh, 
Super Bowl week. We're going to give you guys some extra chances to get some tickets. Called a little Omaha there. So get your picks in at Gridiron Gamble on Twitter or Gridiron Gamble Podcast at gmail.com. Any futures that you guys are going to fire? I mean, a lot. The futures have to be horrendous now. Give me Texans 80 to 1. Let's go. Yeah. Packers. Still sweating this Packers. Oh, did you fire real money on the pack? Or, or just uh, your, your pod pick? No, I fired pack. I'll give you Texans 85 to 1 on a pizza. 85 pizzas. Yeah, I'll take that. Thought <laughs> <laughs> you just put like five bucks on that. No, the, the pizzas will be better. <laughs> I literally, this is like pizzas for life on DP. <laughs> yeah, they got to win the Super Bowl. Good luck. I can't wait. They will have a home game if they get there, though. That's it, that that's that's the, that's it right there. I mean, that's got to be the best motivating factor. Screw the Super Bowl. Screw eternal glory. Playing that game at home, man. They, I mean, if they do win, the, the Super Bowl would be right at home for them too. Yeah, that's that's the no, oh, yeah, that was sort of. Where right. are you listening? <laughs> are you because <laughs> that's what we just talked oh, about? Oh, I thought you were talking about the the, the welcome to the sorry, podcast. They have the championship. My bad. <laughs> oh goodness, uh, they would host the Steelers. Yeah, if uh, if Pittsburgh won, I can't even believe that this team could host two playoff games. They could. Host they are so bad. And how bad is like the Colts that they can't? The Colts can't be the team to come out of that division. Yeah, they stink. Did you yeah, guys but like they're supposed to be sign in the in front of the Colts uh, facility or something. It was a cardboard sign that said, "Stop wasting luck." <laughs> and love it appropriately. So. Uh, also, in in the last year, I mean, what a world we're living in. In the last year, two teams have moved to L.A. in the National Football League. Beyond dumb. What a world. All right, that is Gridiron Gamble. Head over to gridirongamble.com. Follow these guys on Twitter, at Brett Colson, at Donnie underscore Peters, and at Mo Nuora. Enjoy the games this weekend. Best of luck in your betting ventures. Peace. Ouch.